Well, it happened over a slice of pizza in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I was at a one-day gathering uh, for our, our denomination's uh, youth convention, um, and I, at the time I was serving as uh, associate pastor at Calvary Community Church uh, down in Fullerton, um, you know, not too far from here at the time, and I was at this, uh, this gathering, and the regional pastor um, for the eastern region of our denomination asked if he could have some time with me over lunch, um, and so we each grabbed a slice of pizza, and we went outside. And what he said to me next took me completely by surprise. He asked if I would be open to praying about the possibility of going to Brooklyn, New York, to serve as the lead pastor of the church there, 59th Street Church. Um, and he said it was just a preliminary conversation. He was just asking if I'd be open to praying about that possibility, um, not even knowing whether the church would ask to consider me uh, candidating. But he wondered if God might be calling me to Brooklyn. Um, and so he wanted to invite me to begin praying about that. Well, little did I know how much my life would change from that one conversation over pizza, because what happened as a result was that 59th Street Church did end up calling me to be their pastor, and, and I ended up serving there for 10 years uh, before coming here to Emmanuel about two years ago. Um, and, and I could tell another story about the way that God brought me here as well in, in the midst of that too. But the, the thing about that was that it was just this particular conversation that happened that sort of really began to turn everything around for me. Um, and in today's text, we're going to see another one of those types of conversations, a, a particular encounter um, that was life-changing, much more so than my uh, pizza conversation that I had. Um, but, but, you know, during these seasons, in the, in the season of, of Advent, we are looking at some of the texts that lead up to the birth of Jesus, focusing on different individuals uh, that we see and, and sort of themes that we see particularly in their lives. And so last week, we looked at um, Zechariah, and we focused in on the theme of waiting, as we saw Zechariah em embracing this posture of waiting um, uh, to be able to speak for nine months um, after uh, he had kind of questioned whether or not his wife Elizabeth was really going to have a child, um, but then also them, that, them as a couple waiting for a child and God finally bringing um, John into their lives. And so today we're going to be looking at uh, the individual that we're looking at today is Mary. Uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the focus that we're going to look at through uh, Mary's story today is this idea of being interrupted. Um, of a again, a conversation that was that sort of interrupted Mary from maybe some of the expectations she had, um, similar to kind of that conversation that I had that sort of interrupted uh, things for me. And, and so um, we're going to think also about kind of the ways that this Mary story speaks into moments in our own lives where we are maybe sort of going along and then an interruption happens, something that God brings that it sort of shakes things up in our lives and, and the ways that maybe he's wanting to teach us through those things. So today our, our, our text is uh, from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, um, which is on page 723 in the Pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along uh, there. And so uh, Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. In the sixth month, that's referring to kind of back to the story with Elizabeth and Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, 
you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this uh, powerful account of the encounter uh, through, of, of, of Gabriel with Mary and, and all that you were doing um, in that moment. And so we pray that you would just um, interrupt us even today, Lord, in our lives through, through your word and, and speak to us, God, of the ways that, that you do that in our lives and, and the good that you actually want to bring about, um, that we'd be open to, to your word and what you're wanting to teach us today. So give us ears to hear and hearts to receive from you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the first thing I want to kind of start with looking at in, in this passage, and, and sort of as we look at Mary's life, we're going to be, again, kind of connecting that to our own lives. Um, and, and the first point that I want to focus on is the fact that God interrupts us, that there are moments where God interrupts us. And we see that um, in, in Mary's life here in our passage. Um, Mary was a, a young girl pledged to be married to Joseph. Um, and at that time, engagement was a much different thing than it is in our culture. Um, it was a legally binding relationship that, that came after a marriage contract was established, oftentimes between the parents of, of the two that were going to be married. But, but the marriage was not consummated until the wedding, which, which often happened much later after sort of the initial betrothal, you know, almost sometimes a year later. Um, and so there's this long period of waiting where, where they were pledged to be married, but yet had not become, um, they had consummated the marriage. And so our text tells us that, that, that Mary here was a virgin virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. So she was in this, this waiting period, right? Pledged to be married, but had not yet consummated the marriage. And we can imagine Mary during this period of time, um, sort of having certain expectations and, and hopes of, of what her life was, was going to be like as, as she was looking forward to this day when, when she would be fully married to Joseph and, and they'd have some children and, and they'd live out their lives in peace and quiet in, in Nazareth. But God had different plans for Mary. Um, he interrupts her in this passage. Um, he sends an angel, the angel Gabriel, to her. And this was not an everyday occurrence for an angel to be sent to, to someone. Um, and so this angel, she, he greets Mary, and the text says that she was greatly troubled. <laughs> That, 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 that this angel interrupting her, it caused her trouble. What in the world is this? She, she, she's thrown for a loop by this angel's appearance and, and the greeting that he gives to her. But the real interruption comes from what the angel says to her, that she is going to have a child. Now, I can speak from personal experience that a new baby will interrupt your life, regardless of who that baby is, right? That especially when you're having a, a child for the first time, everything changes. Um, you know, I remember the feeling of, of getting home from the hospital when our oldest son, Lucas, was born, um, that suddenly Rochelle and I looked at each other and realized 
wow, this baby's like in our hands and we're supposed to take care of him, I guess now, you know? We left the, the comfort of the hospital where all these nurses would just whisk our baby away and allow us to have some sleep. And, and here we were having to, to figure out how to feed him and, and change his diaper and, and, and it just, it changed everything, right? It upended our lives. We had to start thinking about scheduling things around our, his nap time and, and, and leaving the house suddenly became this huge ordeal where we had to, you know, figure out what do we, we need to bring the diapers and strollers and, and make sure we didn't not forget getting anything. So a baby will interrupt your life, period. But Mary's life was going to be even more interrupted than just a normal pregnancy. Um, She was going to be pregnant before she and Joseph were married, which was incredibly scandalous in that culture. Um, That that once people found out that she was married and they had not yet, they hadn't had the wedding yet, that that she was going to be looked down upon by people in her community. She was going to be judged. and, And Joseph would know that this baby was not his. And so you can imagine Mary wondering, what is Joseph going to think about this child? Being afraid of how maybe Joseph might react. Would he believe her when she explained that this baby was from God? Would he believe that? Her expectations for how her life were going to be were suddenly thrown out the window. Everything had changed for Mary in this conversation. You know, the same thing can happen for us in our lives, that God often interrupts our plans. We have an idea of how our life is going to go, and then suddenly God interrupts us. I mentioned, again, that, that the conversation over pizza that I talked about earlier, that, that was one of those moments for me in, in my life that, that Rochelle and I, we had sort of, we had just been married recently and we sort of had an idea of how our life was going to go there in, in Fullerton and, and, and we were feeling pretty comfortable in our jobs and we were content and then suddenly we were asked to consider leaving all that to start over in a new city and with a new congregation and, and with no guarantee that things were going to go as well there as, as things were going at the time. And but as we prayed about that possibility and after visiting that, that church in Brooklyn for a weekend, we came to believe that God was calling us to go there, that he was calling us to go into, enter into this unknown and he was interrupting our comfortable plans and, and everything was going to change. You know, this sort of interruption can come in, in a lot of different ways and many of you can probably think of times where that's happened in your own life or maybe some of you are in the midst of it right now feeling interrupted by something, maybe, you know, the, the loss of a job or, or a job change, uh, losing a loved one, an unexpected illness or, or injury or diagnosis, you know, being asked to step into new and additional responsibilities at, at work or, or at home. We all experienced a significant interruption in our lives with the COVID pandemic a couple of years ago, that, right, sort of un, un, unended, up, upended everything. And so no matter what it is, we can be kind of going along in life with certain plans, certain expectations, and then suddenly an interruption comes. And God can interrupt those comfortable plans. Now, I'm not saying that, that God is, is always the direct cause of those things, but in his sovereignty, he allows them to happen. And he often uses those things in our lives to interrupt us, to do something in our lives through those things. So what do we do? When that happens, how does God meet us in the midst of these interruptions? Well, the next thing that we see in Mary's experience is that when God interrupts us, God also shows us grace and promises his presence. 
God shows us grace and promises his presence. Um, And we see that from the greeting that Gabriel gives to Mary when he appears to her. In verse 28, he says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That phrase, you who are highly favored, um, comes from a Greek word that's root is the word charis, which is the word that was translated grace. Um, It's God's favor to us, which is undeserved. We talked about this a few weeks ago when we went through the, the, the solas series, right? That one of those solas is that we are saved by grace alone. We're saved by God's grace, his undeserved favor. We don't earn it. He just gives it to us freely, his grace. And here, Gabriel is saying that this visitation to Mary is a sign of God's grace to her. You who are highly favored, you who are being shown grace in this moment, you are being shown favor that you don't deserve, Mary, through this, through this invitation. Um, and so this interruption for Mary, Gabriel is saying, is that it is actually a way for God to show her grace. Now, Mary might have wondered how dealing with the shame of being pregnant when she's not married was God's grace to her. How is that favor that's, un- that's undeserved? But the favor that was being shown to Mary was in who this child was is who the child was that that Gabriel was saying. She was going to be the mother of the Messiah, the one whom Israel had been waiting for for centuries. And and not only that, but the angel says that this child will be none other than the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. That's amazing. And Mary was being given the opportunity to be the mother of the Son of God. And that's something that she was given Not because she deserved it, but because God was showing her grace, unexpected favor that he was pouring out upon her. This interruption was an an opportunity for Mary to experience God's grace in her life through being given this chance to have this baby. You know, many times we don't like it when God interrupts our lives, right? We, uh, we, we don't like it when, when, when we're going a certain direction and then, and then something comes in that, that sort of shakes things up. But like Mary, when that happens, there's an opportunity to experience more of God's grace, his unmerited favor in the midst of that when he does. Because here's the thing, God will always give us what's best for us. God will always give us what he knows is, what, is what's best for us. And so when he interrupts us, even when, when it feels like to us, it doesn't feel like it's the best, it actually is. It's actually a sign of God's grace to us, that he is showing favor to us. And part of the grace that he shows us in, those, in the midst of those things is that God promises to be with us through it, no matter what happens. And so that's the, the second part of what, what Gabriel tells Mary. He says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary's not being given this task to bear on her own. God promises that that he's going to be with her through it and that he will give her the strength to bear whatever will come from the, the, the conversations of other people around her, the slander that people might show her. He will be with her regardless of how Joseph reacts. And God took care of that too, by, by sending an angel to, to, to Joseph through a dream, of, of preparing the way for that. And he was also going to be with her and Joseph when King Herod was trying to kill this newborn son. And he would be with her 
even when she had to watch her son being killed on a cross. As the promise that seemed, that, that seemed so hopeful in this moment, that it led ultimately to that son being crucified, that God was going to be with her even through that. That this interruption was actually a way for Mary to experience the Lord's presence with her. And the same is true for us. When God's interruptions bring difficulty, we have the same promise that God gave to Mary that the Lord will be with us, that he is with us, that he is Emmanuel, God with us. So when we're interrupted, God shows us his grace. He promises his presence. But sometimes when God interrupts us and throws something difficult our way, we can sometimes feel that we're facing something impossible. Sometimes that, that it just feel overwhelming, right, when we're facing that thing. And we may be tempted to despair, but Mary's story reminds us that, of this next point, that God can do the impossible. That God can do what to us seems impossible. Gabriel tells Mary that she's going to have a son, but as we said, what's the situation? She is a virgin. She, has, she, she has, has not consummated the marriage with Joseph or anyone else. And I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty impossible to me, right? For Mary to have a child. And Mary, she knows this too, because she asks, how will this be since I am a virgin? Right? She knows that this doesn't happen. God, what, what, to this angel, it's an honest question. And Gabriel doesn't criticize Mary for asking, her, asking this question. He simply goes on to explain in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So he gives this picture of, of the Spirit of God coming upon her and, and sort of creating new life to form in her womb, that it was going to be something that God was going to do miraculously. This is actually a very similar picture to what we, what we get at the very beginning of the Bible, at creation. In the very second verse of, of the Bible, Genesis 1, verse 2, it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then God says, Let there be light. Creation begins with the Spirit of God hovering over this dark emptiness. And then God speaks. And that same Spirit, Gabriel is saying, that that same Spirit is going to be hovering over Mary's dark, empty womb and creating life inside of it through his power, through his word of speaking that. So that the same God who has the power to speak the universe into existence does that God have the same ability to also create life in the womb of a virgin? Yeah, he sure does. God can do what seems to us impossible. But it's not only the fact that, that Mary uh, becoming pregnant while being a virgin it feels impossible or miraculous here. It's also the identity of this baby that is just seems impossible. That's miraculous here because Gabriel says to Mary in verse 35, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And earlier in, in verse 32, he says, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. So this child is no ordinary child. 
His father is God. He is the divine son, the second person of the Trinity, the one who has existed from all of eternity, and this one is going to be born as a human child. That is, it feels impossible, right? It's a mystery. It is the mystery of the incarnation that we celebrate at Christmas, of God taking on flesh and becoming one of us. And it can seem impossible to ask, how in the world could God become human? How could the creator of the universe limit himself to a tiny baby growing in Mary's womb? It is a mystery. It is a miracle. But the God who spoke the world into existence, does he have the power, if he chooses, to become human and limit himself in the form of a baby? Yes, he sure can. Our God can do the impossible. He can do whatever he chooses. And here he chose to enter into our world to become one of us. Why? In order to save us. In order to do what what only he could do, to take our place. So what about today? Can God do the impossible today? Well, verse 37 of our text says this, for nothing is impossible with God. God. Nothing. It doesn't say nothing was impossible with God 2,000 years ago, but now some things are kind of impossible for God. No, nothing is impossible with God. God doesn't change. The same God who brought life into a virgin's womb and who became a tiny baby, that God can do the impossible today. And that means that he can also do the impossible in your life. That what maybe feels like an impossibility, he has the power. He can free you from that addiction that seems impossible to overcome. He can heal you from that illness. He can restore that relationship that is broken, that seems broken beyond repair. He can use you to accomplish things that are beyond your expectations. Things that maybe feel like that's, that's impossible. How could God ever do that? in my life. Sometimes we feel stuck in a situation that seems impossible, like there's no way that things could change. But God says, nothing is impossible with me. He may not always do the impossible in every situation, but he's able, and we can look to him in any and any situation. And the greatest impossibility of what God has accomplished by sending Jesus is reconciling us to himself, of saving sinners like us who don't deserve to be in God's presence. He did the impossible by sending his son to die for us so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be declared righteous. Doesn't that seem impossible for God to say that we are righteous, that we are forgiven of all of what we've done? God can do the impossible. He's done that for us in Jesus Christ by saving us, by giving us eternal life, by creating peace with God and us. So sometimes God interrupts us. And when he does, he, he shows us his grace. He, he promises his presence. He assures us that he can do the impossible. So what should our response be to the interruptions in our lives? The last point I want to look at today is that we can have peace as we submit to God. 
especially in the midst of those interruptions. So as Mary faces this interruption in her life, right, as she experiences this thing that's going to say, I'm going to upend everything for you, Mary, how does she respond to this news? In verse 38, we read, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may it be to me as you have said. She submits herself to God's will. She doesn't fight it. She doesn't doubt it. She simply says, I'm the Lord's servant. And so it is clear that by the time Gabriel leaves Mary, what, where is Mary at? She has peace. She has peace in her heart as, as she submits herself to God's plan and rests there and says, God, I don't know what's going to come. I don't know what the, what the future is going to be, but I'm trusting you. And so she is able to rest in God's plan for her and have peace. Again, this wasn't easy for her to do. She knew that there would be a cost in submitting to the Lord's plan. People might judge her. She might be rejected by friends and family. There would be a great responsibility for caring for this child. I mean, imagine that being thrown at you to say you are responsible for keeping the Son of God alive and, and, and caring for this little child and, and, and nursing him. And man, but Mary was willing to accept all of those things and submitted to God's will. She let go of her doubts, let go of her fears, her own agenda, and as she did, she was able to experience peace. So what about us? What is our response when we get interrupted? Well, often when we experience God's interruptions and, and we, or we face situations that seem impossible, what's our response? Often it is to get frustrated. Often it is to doubt you know, often it is we, we try to fight against God's will. God, I don't, want, I don't want this to happen here. We're tempted sometimes to doubt God's ability to do things. We're, we're tempted to fear. But there is an invitation. When these moments come to us, there's an invitation to actually experience God's peace in the midst of it. And how do we experience God's peace? It is by submitting to him, by letting go of control, letting go of our doubts, letting go of our fears, in many ways saying, God, I, I don't know how to deal with this. Help me, help me to submit myself to you. And just like Mary, getting into a point where we say to God, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Whatever it is, God, you're sending me. Let it be to you as you have said. Now, that's what I had to do back, back in 2011 when, when God called uh, us to, to, to Brooklyn. I, I felt the temptation to fight it, to, to give in to my fears. And um, Rochelle and I knew the cost of that call, leaving again a situation where things were going well, entering into a place of, of uncertainty and the unknown. And we knew there were going to be challenges ahead for us, situations that might feel impossible. But we sensed the Lord saying to us, this is my plan for you. I'm showing you grace as I send you into this new call. Nothing is impossible for me. So as you go there, trust me, I'm calling you to submit, to let go, and to go. And so that's what we did. We let go of those fears. We, we got to that place of saying, well, Lord, we are the Lord's servants. May it be to us as you have said. And as we did, we were able to experience God's peace. And then we went through a very similar process two years ago as we sensed the Lord calling us to leave the comfort of what we had experienced in Brooklyn for 10 years and saying, no, no, but now I have something more for you. I have something different for you in Pasadena as I'm calling you to go to that congregation, to that community. 
And we had to leave some of the, the comfort of what we had experienced there in Brooklyn. But we again sensed the Lord reassuring us that this was his grace to us. This was his unmerited favor to us to send us to all of you, to send us to this congregation and into the mission that he has for us here in Pasadena. And so once again, we said, Lord, we trust you. And we submitted to his call and his will. And as we did, we experienced his peace. You see, ultimately, true peace can only come from God. True peace can only come from submitting to him. Jesus said this in, in John 14, 27, which is actually the, the verse on the bulletin this morning. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The world doesn't have this kind of peace to give. Only Jesus does. Only Jesus does. Peace, real peace, only comes when we submit ourselves to God, into his hands, trusting him. You know, people are longing for peace in their lives. People are longing for peace in our world. Our, our world is full of people who are anxious and worried, who are trying to, to, to run their own lives but, but failing, and people who are empty inside and trying desperately to fill that, that void with all kinds of things, people who are afraid, who are overwhelmed, and guess what? Maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe that's me. There are moments where we're in that place. And so here's the good news, that there is a pathway to peace, to that kind of peace, a peace that passes all understanding, and it is through Jesus alone. He offers that peace to you and to me as he calls us to trust him. So in closing, I want to just leave you with, with three questions to ponder today. And the first question is, how is God interrupting you? Are you experiencing an interruption in your life right now? Is, is God sort of messing with your plans, maybe the way that you thought things were going to go? And, and it can be tempting to get angry with him when he does that. But remember, he does it to show us his grace and his presence with us. That he wants to give us grace in the midst of it. He wants to do it by giving us his presence with us. And so is, is God maybe today calling you to embrace that interruption actually as a gift? That maybe doesn't feel that way right now, but, but he actually wants you to see it as a gift from him. And then second, next question is, what seems impossible in your life? This is something that, that, that just seems impossible, a situation that feels overwhelming. And is God calling you to believe right now that, that with him, nothing is impossible? Is he calling you maybe to, to not give up on that situation, to, to continue to press in to prayer, to, to persevere in praying for, for God um, in that situation, to, to continue to wait on him? Again, as we're embracing this posture in Advent of, of waiting on the Lord. Or maybe he's calling you to actually take action, to do something in, in, in the waiting, in the, in the thing that feels impossible. I'm not sure what that is, right? But, but trust him. Ask that God. Lord, what are you wanting to, to see in this? And then the last question is, how is God calling you to submit and trust him? How is he calling you to, to submit to him, to, to trust him in, in something? And, and maybe for someone who's, who's, who's here or someone who's watching this, this recording later on or listening to this, maybe you have never actually submitted your life to Jesus 
Um, maybe you've been trying to kind of run your life your own way, and maybe in, in this moment, even God is sort of saying, there's only peace in me. And so you can submit your life to me. You can, you can invite me to, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, to walk with you through whatever situation that is. And so today, maybe he's inviting you to experience that peace for the first time. Um, you can have that kind of peace and that peace that will, will, will go more and more in your life as you trust him. And if you have submitted your life to Christ, is there a situation where he's calling you to let go of control, to, to submit to his will, to, to trust him? Because when we do, we get to experience the same kind of peace that Mary had. And we get to say along with her, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Let's pray. Lord, we acknowledge that uh, it is hard to trust you sometimes. It's hard, especially when we experience these interruptions in our lives, and, and it's hard to trust that, that, that there's good in there, Lord, that, that, that you actually are meaning it for our good, that you're wanting to show grace to us through it, that you're wanting to show us, Lord, that you're present with us through it. And so we pray that in moments where we are tempted to to react in doubt, to react in fear, to react in, in wanting to, to, to take control and, and, and not submit to your will. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for those moments, Lord. And we pray that you would, would speak to us again today of, of the fact that, that, that your interruptions are always for our good, even when we can't see it in the moment, and that we would learn to trust you and submit to your will in those moments, Lord, trusting that ultimately that, uh, that you have made the way for us to be accepted by you through Jesus, through sending your son to be interrupted for us, to, for Mary to be interrupted, Lord, that you would show us, God, that nothing is impossible for you, for you have paid for our sin in full, even our sin of not trusting you, even our sin of wanting to control things. And so thank you for that. Reassure us, God, again, that you have made peace with us and you and that we can experience peace as we trust you. Birth that peace, birth that faith and that hope and that trust in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.